Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. So we have been, if you'll click ahead in this series, we're coming up one more week. Um, wrap this series up before we move into our summer series, Not Just Human. We've been talking about the power, this radical thing that happens when we come to know Jesus and the Spirit of God fills our soul. Um, one more week, and we're going to dive into, to wrap it up, I guess, in a couple weeks. But this morning, um, we're going to dive into two verses. Last week, if you're here, we took the whole of chapter 8, and we tried to, you know, one Sunday, just do a summary of this glorious chapter. Um, this morning, we're bringing it down, and we are honing in, diving in on two verses, and trusting the Spirit of God to, uh, to move through His Word this morning. I hope you're here excited, uh, ready to hear from the Lord, expectant with faith that God's Word is living, it's active, uh, it's like a hammer, it's like a fire, it brings, it transforms, it blesses, um, that's our expectation um, this morning. If you don't have a Bible, there's one underneath the seat in front of you. If you want to follow along, we'll be in chapter 8, uh, looking at these two verses this morning. Let me just pray for our time. Father, we come to you. We are desperate before you. Lord, let this not just be ritual. Let this not be an intellectual exercise. Uh, Lord, uh, you are looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and truth. And Father, we come to you now. We ask for your spirit to move, to bring alive your word. You know where every soul is here this morning. You know what we're dealing with. Lord, you know what we're struggling with. We, you know, Lord, our hearts deep down inside, everything going on. Um, Lord, come and do your business. Move powerfully, Lord. Bring encouragement, bring joy, bring conviction, God. Bring life change. We love you, Father. Speak to us now in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Oops. Let me back up. Experiencing the law of the spirit of life. Romans 8, um, verses 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do I hear a response? That's more like it. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Man. I personally think in looking at Romans, I mean, there's all kinds of theology out there on, on uh, Paul and Romans specifically, I personally think this is the crescendo of his whole point in the book of Romans. Our justification um, by faith, not by the law, and I think he brings it all to this incredible there now. Because of all this that God has been doing in the Old Testament, his mercy, his grace, boom, there is no condemnation. In other words, the law no longer, sin no longer, death no longer holds power over you because of the pouring out of the Spirit as a result of our blessed Lord shed precious blood for you yes. and for the world. There's nothing like that. So to just to get us in on these two verses this morning, I want to ask some interesting questions. And I hope you'll take these. I almost thought about having us do a little pop quiz, but I know pop quizzes freak people out. And I don't want to quench the spirit here this morning. Um, but I would ask you to take this question. Because I don't think we talk about it enough. And I think we're really screwed up about it big time today. And I think this is why we're not having the impact the 
the, the, uh, r- seeing the radical transformations of changed lives. Because in the scripture, when somebody comes to Jesus, it changes you. It's not just a, a, I change what I believe. It changes you. And that's what we're going to talk about with these two verses. What is a Christian? I hope you'll take this. My challenge for all of us is, and I have one other question to follow. You'll take these questions and you'll really think deeply about them. Because how you answer that question is going to have everything right, to, to, to say about what this is that you are. And hopefully when somebody asks you to give an answer of the hope inside you, what is a Christian? What is that? Now deeper is this. Why are you a Christian? Can you answer that? Why are you a Christian? So if I was sitting down with coffee with you, and I just asked you, tell me what a Christian is. And so what I'm challenging you to do this with each other. Because we've got to flesh this out. And these two verses help us big time. But more importantly, why are you a Christian? Now you might be sitting here, you might be watching online, and you're listening, well, I'm not a Christian. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching online. My question to you is, why are you not a Christian? Now, those three questions should engage us deeply with each other. This should be regular conversation we're having with people. And I should be growing greater in my excitement for what a Christian is, clarity on that issue, and greater excitement about why I am a Christ follower, one who follows right after him. And that brings us to this beautiful, these two beautiful verses. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And with that, you're set free from the law itself. So I, I want to ask you this morning, um, I'm sure many of you, if you walk with Jesus for all, you've, you've been through a thousand Roman studies. But the real issue here is, do you read that? Have you taken that as a theological truth to believe? But now here's the real question. Have you experienced that? Are you experiencing that? That's the real issue. Not whether you believe it. Because somebody can just believe it. They can read it all day long. Just go. You can read the Bible all day long. You can read that incredible truth there and miss it. Paul did not write this here just to be, okay, church, intellectually, this is checkmark, that's what it, you got to believe that. This is glorious truth so you can be a believer. He wrote that as an expression of this radical new thing. It's a new way of living. It's not just human. If the Spirit of God is inside you, you are now the temple of the living God. That's God's heart. He desires to dwell with you. So the question we have to engage each other is, if I was to say what a Christian is, most people today, they will rattle off beliefs. This is what a Christian is. And let's go a little deeper. Why am I a Christian? Most people will rattle off. Well, Jesus died for me. Da, 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 da. Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses. That means you will proclaim what he has done for you personally and what he's doing now in your soul, bringing your spirit soul alive to him, testifying 
of the glory of the abundant life in Christ. Not just regurgitating some theological truth. Oh, we stand upon that truth. But it's about what he's done for you. And it's about the reality of, are you experiencing it? By the Spirit of God. And so let me just jump ahead and... um, I'll get to it in just a second. I'm going out of my order here. This is a guy, Gordon Fee, who I think is an amazing theologian. I think he's passed away recently. But um, listen to this. What does it mean to be a people of the Spirit? I think it is fair to note that if there's one thing that differentiates the early church, the church in the book of Acts that we read about, and then the first hundred years of the church, that differentiates the early church from its 20th century counterpart, it is the level of awareness and experience of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is no mere addendum. Indeed, He is the sign, konon, the essential ingredient of the Christian life. Nor is He a mere datum of theology. Rather, He is experienced as a powerful presence in their lives. Whatever else may be said of the early church, it was first and foremost comprised of people of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity. Do you know Him? Do you know of His power in your life? Do you know of His fellowship deep inside your spirit, awakening your spirit to cry out, Abba, Father! I'm yours, I'm your child. As he confirmed your salvation, who you are. This is the Christian life. It is not what I did. I walked forward in baptism. I went to confirmation. I went to this class. I said a prayer with somebody. All those things are fine. That's not a Christian. A Christian is someone who's been filled with the Spirit of God, knows it. And is walking and following Jesus and experiencing the fruit of God in their lives. John 15, Jesus says the Father, He lops off the branches that are fruitful. He prunes the ones that have a little fruit. Because what? Father wants to see children who are fruitful. Who've been changed. Who are experiencing the love of God, the power of God. Now, I, I just give that just because it's easy to settle, isn't it? I'm speaking my own experience here. And as we know that things have a tendency to settle, right? Unless they're stirred. Things have a tendency to settle. Even the spiritual life, your soul, the passion of your heart, the big questions inside you, they have a way of settling and they need to be stirred. And this is why Hebrews chapter 10, right? The writer tells us, do not forsake gathering together believers. We need to stir each other up to love and good works. And that's not love that we can carry out, man's love. That's a love of the fruit of the Spirit of God. It's a love that only He can do through His people. And those good works are not just works we can go out and feel good about ourselves. Those are good works empowered by the Spirit of God. Big difference, right? And so we settle unless we stir one another. We need stirring, right? All of us, because man, it's just easy, isn't it? Just to kind of settle in our pursuit of God. 
And folks, I just look at it, man, I just, I look at my life and even days and weeks and even throughout the day. Isn't it amazing how we just, our soul, we ebb and we flow in our desire for God and we get distracted by the things of the world or whatever it may be. And, um, uh, but this is, God desires us to pursue Him. Do you know that? God desires you to pursue Him. He says, seek me and you will find me. Draw near to me and I will what? I'll draw near to you. These are promises. But, and he hides things. We see it all through the scripture. Because I mean, I don't we all sit back and go, God, just show yourself and I'll do it. Or just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Or, or just show me and I'll believe it. Or, and those are the biggest excuses for most people is that ah, if God would just do this, it's like a test. And God, it's not the game God plays. It's not the game he plays. He desires his people to seek him. He wants to know who really wants him, who really wants to. What did Jesus say? He stood up. Anybody thirsty here? At the big feast, anybody thirsty? Because I'm here to come towards the one who's thirsty. If you're going to settle, you're going to be left with something far less. We won't experience that vibrant intimacy, fellowship with the Holy Spirit unless there's pursuit. And uh, I'm a huge Tozer person, right? And if you haven't read The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer, just go pick it up, small little book. God desires his people to pursue him. And we're called to stir each other up. Brother, sister, are you pursuing the Lord? If you're not, you're settling. And that means you're settling for far, far less than what God created you for and what he has you for, what he has for you. And he doesn't want to withhold. And I think sometimes I think, oh, Lord, you're withholding. You're, you're withholding. You know, you're putting me in this place. Why am I not getting this or that? God, God is not going to, nowhere will he withhold anything for those who pursue him. What he wants is pursuit. And sometimes it feels like he's withholding because what is he doing? He's testing us. Are you thirsty? Do you just want a gumball God that you just put the quarter in? God, give me this? That's oftentimes how we pray and we pursue him. He wants pursuit. And let's just be honest. We think about that like, oh, that's so much work. That's so much work getting up early to pray. And oh, it's just so restless just being quiet before the Lord. Oh, I got, I got, I'm busy. I got things to do, God. Right? Pressing in, getting with people and praying and pursuing the Lord and, and His Word and, and, and inviting Him into decisions. Oh, it's just much easier for me to make decisions on my own because I bring God in. It gets messy. It gets kind of convicting. I don't want that. Much easier. I'm just going to move on by my business. Right? We're all there. He wants pursuit. It's like any relationship. Right? It's any love story. Anybody who's in love with anybody, right? A woman does not want to just have a dead guy who just kind of hangs out. Hey, what do you want to do today? Well, where's this relationship going, you know? Am I not right, ladies? You want, yeah. (laughs) All right, gentlemen, check. And we're all guilty because guess what? We get married and what happens? We set, now... I'm, 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 don't say anything because this is very convicting. <laughs> and we settle. Right? Yes. I know I stepped right into it here. Ah! Right? We, but this is the same with God. We settle. 
we settle and we stop the pursuit. And when you stop pursuit, what happens to that relationship? What happens? Where does the romance go? And here's the radical thing. God wants intimacy with you. Remember, we're the bride of Christ. Jesus is our bridegroom. This is why marriage is this beautiful picture of this glorious thing that transcends intimacy even between a husband and wife. Does that make sense again? He wants you to pursue him. And we each need each other. This is why don't forsake gathering together as the body and as smaller groups. Without it, we settle and we miss the glorious experience that God has for us. So a couple things as we pursue this this passage. Um, I just want to break it down the best I can now. I, there's this was, I, oft, as often happens. Um, uh, this could be a whole series <laughs> this morning. So I hope you'll just take some of these questions. I have a bunch of verses up there. I hope you'll take them. You'll dive in on your own. You'll get hungry and pursue God for Him to speak to you. But I want to leave this this thought with you: Are we concerned about the lack of God's manifest presence among His people? within the church today. And what about our own lives? Because we make up the church. Is there any concern today? Let's just talk about us here. But we can, we can definitely go large scale with this. Where is the concern of, God, where are you? Where's your transforming power according to your promises? Where there's falling on their face, 1 Corinthians 14, right? Who, who are convicted before God and who are radically transformed before God and give, rejoice before God because they've been set free. Right? Where's the, the presence, the, the physical, tangible, manifest presence of God? We are the temple of God. He promises He's with us here. But if we do not pursue, as we'll see in a minute from Israel, the Shekinah, departs and only returns after there is honesty and heart of God we want you and we don't want to go without you and the problem today and I think we can speak for our personal lives is we're just happy we settle in a life that we can handle it and let's just bring that into the Christian life and even into the church. We settle with things happening on a Sunday morning. We have some great worship music. We have some this and that and, and everything. We settle for less than what God really desires. He desires to enter in and do His work and be glorified. A manifest presence that He's here. Not just so that we say, oh, it was a great day. This is great, this and that. And Does this make sense, Gay? Yes. All right? And I don't mean this is a downer. It shouldn't be a downer at all. It should just be radically honest with your soul. We will never change unless we're willing to be convicted and to really wrestle with the reality of my own life, my own pursuit of God, and the own testimony. Folks, we should be giving testimony daily of, wow, let me tell you what God's doing in my house, in my marriage, in my, in my whatever, my finances, my health, my, my soul, just my soul and my time with Him, right? We talk about what other people have written. We talk about what was said on that podcast. We talk about this and that. We should. We're God's people. If you know Him, 
You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's inside you. He wants to speak to you very personally. He wants to manifest his power inside you very real. That's what he wants to bring about, that testimony. So you share that, that like, let me tell you what God's doing. And, and just think about the, the whole just kind of culture of church today. We talk about, wow, this or that or this, this, that book, this thing. And nothing wrong with any of that except where's the talk of how great. When was the last time you heard somebody coming out of church? Say, Man, oh, my God is so amazing. Jesus is so amazing. I met him in worship. He, man, he talked to me through his word. That is what should be happening. It's his name that we should be lifting up. It's his name we should be known for. It's his name we should be giving testimony for. All right, so what is this law? What is this glorious law of the spirit of life? Now this is, I'm going to take a little deep dive. I need you to be with me here. So just take these verses. I'm just going to do the kind of the best I can in a quick period of time. Folks, this is, goes to the very heart of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Inside this glorious relationship of who our God is, God is love. It's not something we create. It's not something we can even accomplish. He's love. And we love because He loved us first. Any other love is human-made. It's just a figment. It's just a, 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 a minor thing. Um. So God is love, and inside the, there was this agreement before the foundation of the world, a promise of life that was made between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was done. Ephesians tells us there, before the foundations of the world is God chose you in His love. Now to be a Christian, it's part of that if I'm saying, why am I a Christian, is I should have in there is that I was lost in God and His grace and His sovereign love in His, who He is. He reached down out of heaven and He grabbed a hold of me. And can you give testimony of that? If there's anything in there, well I did this. If there's any boasting of anything at all you did, you don't know the gospel of grace. So there was this love. And, um, and Timothy and Titus passages talked about the promise of life that was made in between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that promise was the Father, the Son, the Son, the Father, the Holy Spirit. It was this glorious plan throughout all of history before the creation was even made that God was going to create this, create in His image and, and, and give this crazy, dangerous, wild idea that He would make us in His image with a free will to choose Him because God wants a real relationship with you. Yeah. Right? Wow. And he knew we were going to run. Right? And he had a plan for that. And Jesus said, way back somewhere in the midst of God and his glory, he said, I'll go. I'll go. I'll leave my glory and I'm going to come after these little tiny things on earth in this vast billion starred thing and I'm going to come and I'm going to redeem them and I'm going to show my love for them and bring them in to the love of the Father's house. Because God wants a family. Amen. And family is not some minor issue. It's from the very character of God. It's who He is. That's why we should be upholding it as sacred. So what is the law of the Spirit of life? It flows 
when, when Paul crescendos this message and there's no condemnation now. We've run, we've wandered, we're, we struggle with our, we all have our struggles, we all have our mess and in the midst of all that, God came after us, right? And because of this law that, that has been a part of who God is from the very beginning is He has been carrying it out. Now it sets you free. From sin and death. So that you might enter into the life of God. But even more radical, that God would put His life, the life of the Spirit, in you. In you. And I just, I, I plead with you. I ask you, do you know, we, we have, and I've grown up in a tradition too, where we've missed this. This is the core issue of what it is to be a believer. Do you have the Spirit of God Inside you. That is it. That everything, the life, the everything, this is where God, Holy Spirit comes in and awakens our spirit to fellowship with God. It's your spirit that was dead to God. Everybody, we all came into this world. We needed that regeneration. We needed that movement. And that's what the law of the spirit, that's what God has done. Out of who he is. All three of them as one, moving, working in all of history. So he might redeem us. And man, what he has in Romans, as we talk about in 8, what he's getting ready to do with renewing this earth. And again, his purpose, again, from the beginning, was so that all of heaven and earth could be one again. And that should just, as Romans says, we should be groaning for that. And I think we do. We just need to notice it. Man, where's the world going? Why is it falling apart? Well, you know... That's a groaning inside. That is a God-given thing. And it is God who is at work, right, to do all that. How is the law of the spirit of life set us free from the law of sin and death? I kind of already covered that. It's what Jesus did. How does it set you free? Um, it's through the cross. And folks, we can get off track with a thousand steps. This is a thousand proceed, you know, program, this, this, that, and everything. But folks, all you need is in Jesus. All you need is in the power of the gospel and to be able to learn how to apply the gospel to everything in your life. And when we learn how to apply it, so in my thinking, I'm struggling with whatever I'm struggling with about how I think about myself. That means I'm not embracing the gospel. I because for me to bounce out and think, I need this or other, and don't get me wrong, there's things that God uses, all kinds of things. But he's given us everything we need. The gospel is more than sufficient. More than sufficient. The question is, do I have the faith to take it and apply it? That's what you say about me. That's what you've done for me. And let me run quickly to this. Um, I already looked at that. Um, let me step back, Sorry. One more. How is the law of the Spirit... Oh, I already did that. Sorry. What does it mean to be a people of the Spirit? Okay, I want to end here. I have three things for us. You've already seen that quote. And I'm going to go through. Person, presence, and power. And folks, I'm going to give us three questions. And um, I think this is where we try to get a little practical. And some of you might say, Oh, Steve, you're just giving me more questions and answers this morning. Yes. Yes, God desires to be pursued. A question. That's how Jesus taught. 
If I'm not willing to wrestle with something and hear from God, it's much easier for somebody to tell me the answer than it is for me to wrestle in prayer with God. Lord, you through your word, you give me insight. Do you know that's what he wants you to do? Sure, we get with others. Help me with this. But I can't just live. The problem today is we have many, because of all the information we have about the Bible, all the resources we have, we have a bunch of Christians who are walking around and they've never heard from God. They've just heard from the podcaster or the preacher or somebody else. They've never taken that, right? Remember, I said all the time, don't listen to what I have to say. I mean, listen, please. But make sure you go back and say, is that right? And hear from the Lord. You're a child. There's no, no barrier. You don't need a priest. You don't need a pastor. You don't need anything. You have access straight to the lap of the Father. And you need to know because that's where confidence comes in. I know I'm a believer when I've heard from the Lord. Lord, thank you. You've spoken to me. You've given me an answer by the power of the Spirit of God. And this is how we have to encourage people, right? To lean into the Spirit. I don't have an answer. I'm going to pray for you. But you need to go pursue the Lord. You need to hear from the Lord on that so that you'll take a step. But isn't it much easier? Just tell me what to do. Just give me the answer. And we miss life in the Spirit when we do that. So the first thing, it begins with the person of God, who He is, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Have we confessed Jesus as Lord? Not just Savior. But I ask you this morning, have you confessed Him as Lord? A Christian is someone who denies themselves, who comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, you are Lord, not one Lord of many gods, not one path of many paths, you are it. The way, the truth, the life. You are Lord. The entire universe. And therefore, I bring my life for you to be the Lord over everything in my life. Have you confessed that? Is that the Jesus you know? Is that the Jesus that you see as your glorious Savior? He's the Lord. No one else in that category. Only Him. He's the only one who's died for your soul. He's the only one who has grace and mercy for you. Person begins there. Presence. Are we experiencing the fellowship of the Spirit in our being? I kind of touched on this already. But remember, to be saved, right? My spirit is dead to God. That's what Scripture says. I'm out of relationship with God. I need a Savior. And, And this is where the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, comes in, awakens my spirit. And now there's fellowship. God speaks to us primarily in our spirit, at the depth of our soul. Our mind, emotion, and will have been, and still are, right, controlled by the flesh. What I want to do. When the Spirit of God comes in, now I start to experience conviction. There's this other force, like, oh, right? And He wants to have fellowship. That's why the Scripture talks about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Man, do you know something of that? presence are you aware of God's presence and that kind of changes everything doesn't it when we're walking and we get up in the morning our perception of everything God you're with me you're with me not over there not at that church not over in Jerusalem not way up in heaven you're right here and that's God's desire that's his design for you he wants to be right here right Right here. And as I said before, we, most of us live lives like this. Closed-hearted. 
shut off to God. Just living from our intellect, think we know all. We change when we come to Him, Lord. Lord, Holy Spirit, fill me. I need you. I need life, right? I need life. Um, last one, power. Folks, do you know the power of God? Scripture says the very, the very power that raised Him from the dead is inside you. Wow. Are we experiencing new life and freedom in our thinking, emotions, and decision-making by the power of the Spirit of God? Man, you're made up. Your soul's mind, intellect, emotion, feelings, and will, my decision-making. Most of us know it by our flesh. We just control those things and we're captive to whatever the world and influences us. When the Spirit of God comes in to be Spirit-led as we lean into the Spirit, now my mind is set on the things of God. Holy Spirit, you come and, and you inform right, my thinking. If I have wrong thinking, right, it is by faith coming and saying, God, change this thinking. Oh, I, I have everything I need right here. Come and change this thinking by your power, Lord. Give me the very mind of Christ. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And what about feelings? Man, our feelings go, oh, hey, all right, woo. Man, they can take us down a wild ride, right? And what we say, Holy Spirit, now that you're inside me, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentle self-control. Through the Spirit. Those are yours. For the asking. For the pursuit of them. By faith. Right? And what about decision making? Before we make decisions, Lord, we're in partnership on this. Tell me what? Lead me. Guide me. Speak to me about this decision. I need to hear from you. Good counselors, yes, but ultimately, you. Speak to me, God. Right? And this is where I have to say, am I open to conviction? And with everything going on in the culture today, <clears throat> um, We have to ask ourselves, am I really open to conviction? Am I open to someone to rebuke me in the name of Jesus according to his word? You say you're a believer. Is your life lined up with the word of God? In love. That's to stir up one another. And am I open to sit in church and Lord speak to me, correct me? Is there any, as the man after God's own heart, David said, Lord search my heart, God. Is there anything, is there any hidden sin, is there any hidden thought, is there anything that you need to shine your light on and that I can get free from? Man, there's, that's freedom, folks. And you know, you can live blameless before God right now by applying the gospel to your life. You don't have to go through a whole bunch of religious mess. You just have to faith in Jesus and be open-hearted to Him. Blameless, now, no condemnation. Free before God, full of the Spirit of God. Wow. There's nothing better than that. I mean, if there are, if there is, please tell me. Because I'm sure it's high and low. I, I don't think there's anything that can touch it. The sad thing is, why are believers in America not more excited about it? We are distracted with politics, cultural this, cultural that. We should be shouting from the tops of the mountains, we have the answer, people, please. For anxiety and this and that. We have the answer. Please listen to us. There's a Savior who loves you and will change you and bring abundant, right, eternal life to you. Are we concerned? So I just want to pray for us as we close. And we're going to do something a little different. And we might move into this territory in the weeks ahead. 
But uh, the worship team's not going to come back up. Um, and what we're going to do is I'm going to pray and we're going to have some music and we're going to move this into just kind of a, um, a time where you listen, where you respond. Um, the scripture is very clear that the church is not to be a one-way thing. The church is the body of Christ ministering to each other. And so we're just going to take some time, pray, Holy Spirit, move among us. And I just ask you to be available, not only for the Lord to speak to you during this time, but for you to be used by God to bless someone else in here. You might have a word of encouragement for them. You might say, man, I don't want to go, and I want to go pray for such and such. And we have communion up here, and folks, communion was never to be this solemn, you know, very high ritual, quiet thing. It's around a dinner table. Jesus, it was in the midst of fellowship and dinner that Jesus shared the Passover. And that should be the same for us. And so we're going to pray and we're going to sit here. And then as time leaves, we're going to come to the table. And I just say, once you stand, stay standing. We're going to be the body. We're going to fellowship with the Spirit of God. And, and just make yourself available to hear from God and to be used by God to bless someone. And, 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 and don't come to the table alone unless you want to, of course. But that table is a table of fellowship. We gather around it rejoicing with our brothers and sisters. And I'd say if you're here and you don't know Jesus, man, please, let us engage with you. Let us walk with you. Right? Let's not let the conversation end here. Let's let this spark it, right? So Father, thank you for this morning and Lord, just opportunity to come and Lord, just in the midst of worship, I was just so... Gosh, it's just life-giving, God, to be with the body and to worship your name. And Lord, thank you, Father. Thank you. Holy Spirit, I pray now that you move among us. And Lord, if anybody's here and they're struggling with who you are, break in. Do what only you can do, Lord. And Father, for us that, I think I can speak for all of us, myself included, who are struggling with, Lord, gosh, I want more of you. I want more of your manifest presence in my life. Lord, increase our pursuit. Not out of a labor, not out of religious duty, but Lord, just change our heart, Lord, to desire you and to want more of you. Lord, that's what you want. That's amazing. So Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come and um, Lord, just help this be a sweet time. Your commands are we're to love each other. We're to bear each other's burdens. We're to pray for each other. We're to share with each other. And um, Lord, just come and do it. Do it. Make us your body. And as we come to your table, just to be overwhelmed ah, with your precious blood, Lord. So come, Holy Spirit. We want to fellowship with you. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.